Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in, Cody. We're here for another episode of This Week in Gaming History. We're going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of the old Game Boy. And we actually have with us one of the original Game Men from Game Men 2000. How you doing, Cody? I don't understand. I thought this week in gaming history was my show, as along with yours. Now I'm just a call-in guest? Well, I mean, you're calling in. You've called in. Sure, but you, you, you were like, you're here with us this week. <laughs> you weren't here last special, time. Special guest. <laughs> I know, it just, I, I, I didn't appreciate the way that you uh, prefaced any of that. You but, haven't been on half uh, the episodes. And we've got Bowman here, too. I guess... Since we've each appeared on one, and this is the third episode, Bowman and I both have uh, an equal claim. We to have the an equal throne, standing, so yeah. to speak. Presence. Um, I would prefer that you never reference that horrific <laughs> uh, Game Men Two Thousand venture that I undertook a couple years ago. All right. Well, then we'll I'd move on from that. We'll just keep that. Dead it'll just live on in in our memories. And also, oh, I watch it every Friday night with a with a group of buddies gathered around a <laughs> gathered around a big <laughs> bowl of popped corn. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, all right, so it is the thirtieth anniversary of the Game Boy, created by Gunpei Yokoi, the ultimate famous man who created all the little handheld doodads. Most famously, the old Virtual Boy. And honestly, uh, rather probably, <laughs> Game Boy it launched uh, 1989 for, I believe, eighty nine dollars, bundled with the highest selling game of all time, Tetris, which really probably is what led to a lot of its popularity. Uh, focus. I'm uh, I'm I'm not overly familiar with inflation. Would you say that? $89 back then is the equivalent of what the uh, 3DS costs today, mm-hmm. or like the base model? Maybe <laughs> maybe today, but back then, even even back then... Well, here's the thing. inflation. Regardless of inflation, video games and electronics in general were super expensive back then. So $89 was extremely cheap for, for that time period. Um, it I mean, to put in perspective, and I think all three of us are old enough to remember this, like shitty, like compact Presario computers in the 90s were like $2,000. Like the crappiest, cheapest computer you could get that wasn't, that couldn't run like the newest games and stuff. Those were like $2,000. So, and it's the same with video games where, you know, the PS1 when it came out was, I mean, the Sega Saturn when it came out was four hundred dollars, and uh, it, to with inflation, that's you know almost eight hundred dollars, seven seven eight hundred dollars now. So, video Ooh, games, boy. video games and electronics in the eighties were were and nineties were extremely expensive. So, 
uh, this was a budget system. I mean, there was other, there was other handhold, handheld uh, systems out there, the Game Gear and the Lynx, both with uh, a lot better technology, but they went... Well, you see, all, all of my consoles were gifted to me from the uh, parental gods back Santa. in the 90s, so I had no, I had no concept... Yeah, and Santa up until a reasonable age of, you know, of doubt. But yeah, I I had no concept of what what was the original retail price of a SNES. Uh I don't I don't even know that I've gone back and researched that. I think it was like like $189, something like that. $199 oh, okay. well, you maybe. You said they were so astronomical. I mean, I Well, guess, Nintendo was always guess, good at at being the cheaper ha- having the cheaper option, but um Still, two hundred dollars in nineteen ninety one was was a lot of fucking money, you know. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah, Bowman, why don't you tell us uh, your ex- your your experience for the Game Boy? You're you're a big handheld kind of guy. Yeah, I am. Uh, I we pl- played the Game Boy a lot. We owned pretty much every iteration of it. I had the original model, and I remember owning it in the big box with the Tetris game and played that a lot. Uh, as far as like best Game Boy memories for me, my like most fond Game Boy memory is probably the Game Boy camera. <laughs> and I know people like laugh at that now, but like that was a big deal to me back then. That was a really cool device, including the Game Boy printer that came along with it. I played with that thing a lot because I wasn't just, first of all, a digital camera back then wasn't a thing at all so being a kid being able to take pictures whenever i wanted to and just mess with the pictures and like basically just like make fun of people through the pictures Mm -hmm. you could also put your friends faces into into uh the games within the game so yeah that's like probably like one of my fun most fond memories of the system and uh i yeah i right away got the game boy printer as well as like another birthday gift later on because i was just obsessed with the game boy camera i still own like two i still own uh two Two of those actually. One, my original one, and then one I just randomly got down, uh, later on the road for cheap. Would you like bring the Game Boy camera with you on vacation and stuff and take pictures? Yeah, I would. Uh, not, never. I never was like so silly as a kid to just think that these were good pictures. I, I was well aware that it wasn't <laughs> a good camera. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was with me everywhere because I loved showing it off to people too because it was just so weird and. Again, like you didn't have that kind of thing back then where you could just show people pictures of your friends and be like, hey, look, look at this. I mean, this person looks silly, like, yeah, put all the stickers on them and stuff. So, yeah, as far as uh, Game Boy games, that's probably my most memorable one. And then, of course, obviously, like uh, the really, really obscure. We, we can just talk about this on its own. It's just the uh, the Mario game within in the Game Boy library. Um uh, Mario, Mario Land, Mario Land, and how unusual that was. I remember playing that in the car and just thinking, like this, this is a Mario game, but it doesn't, but it's really, really weird. Yeah, I mean, we already did a whole episode on those. So. All right, well then, <laughs> uh, if you want to, I just, do- I just recently played that first one for the first time. Actually, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't have it as a kid, and I, I was very uh, taken aback by how bizarre the physics felt the like the gravity or lack of you kind of just like fall like a stone yeah the first one's really uh, not that great 
everything is tiny and far away. It's just, it's, I mean, I understand they had limitations, but yeah, I'll agree. It doesn't really feel like a mainline Mario game. Well, it's better than what they did for like some of the other ports they did later on because what, like you're complaining it was far away and tiny. That was so they could get the entire screen on there. But with later, uh, Game Boy ports, like they ported Mario 1, 2, 3, and Mario World, and uh, even Donkey Kong Country and stuff. The problems with those games is that they're like cropped out, so you have a very, very small screen real estate because they didn't want to zoom out too much and yeah. uh, make the sprites too small. So, it, you, I don't know if you've played Mario Brothers Deluxe. Uh, no, I never played that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. They, you have to like, there's like an option where you can like scroll around with the camera or whatever because it's all like cut off. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Mario Land, that was obviously the one of the main big uh, draw, draws for, for the system early on. This game or this system had an insanely long life cycle, mainly because for me, um, I didn't have a Game Boy until I wanted one, but I never got one until the Pokemon craze, which wasn't until, you know, like 97, 98. And same. Yeah. And that's around the time I got one. Yeah. And what's crazy is the, the Game Boy was like done. They were like, yeah, this is on its way out. And then they released Pokemon on it and, and it just went crazy and they and then it had like a second life basically all yeah. of a sudden um so i have a funny story about me and the game boy i was in 5th grade i think is when pokemon really started getting crazy and uh so i was about 9 or 10 years old and i wanted uh i'd been asking for a game boy so badly cuz i wanted pokemon so I was asking for a Game Boy and Pokemon, and um, my brother at the time was only like six years old. So if you haven't spent any time around like six-year-olds recently, um, they're like one one step removed from just like pissing themselves and like drooling all over their shirt and stuff. They're they're completely worthless as human beings. So mm-hmm. that was basically where my brother was at mentally at the time, and uh, I was begging for this Game Boy, and then Christmas came around. And for whatever reason, uh, my grandparents got him a Game Boy Color with Pokemon, and didn't, and I didn't get one. And it was uh, it was pretty soul crushing. And then my brother then proceeded to swiftly break it. Um, within a couple months, uh, he alleged that he dropped it in a water fountain when he was using when he was drinking the water and it got wet. But um, he later he today admits that um, he was always making up stupid stories like that whenever he would do something idiotic so he said he said realistically he probably just dropped it and broke it or whatever um so yeah that was uh that's that was my first uh interaction with the game boy is watching my brother that's get that's one. so silly he's like oh man i can't tell the truth about how i broke it i just have to come up with an alternate well, way and that's what's funny broken. about it is that the 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 made-up story Makes him sound way stupider than the 
than than I'm sure whatever the actual story is, which is he lost it or dropped it or whatever. Right, the situation that could happen to pretty much anybody. Yeah, so uh, I did eventually get one. I think actually he got a Game Boy. I think it worked out all right because I think when they got him one, it was he that he got the Game Boy Pocket, and then by the time I finally got one, uh, the Game Boy Color was out, and I got the Game Boy Color. So it's whatever, but yeah. Uh, what about you, Cody? Tell us the, the spin us the yarn of the day you got your Game Boy. The lore. Um, I I honestly don't remember it. Kind of my childhood was a blur. It was just so many toys, so much uh, molestation. You know, I just no. I'm kidding about that second part. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting dark on the show today, gentlemen. Uh, I I think I only had the original giant Game Boy for like less than a year, and was pretty quickly upgraded to a Game Boy Color. Um, because most of my memories of handheld gaming in the '90s are on that thing. I I vaguely remember having the big one, but. I, I don't think the original Game Boy was part of my life for long. And as I mentioned on either this show or the uh, Analog Out main show, I, uh, I you know, traded in just about every system when I was young to go towards the next big one. So I, I don't even think I held on to it as a memento. Uh, so the Game Boy Color was pretty much it for me until the Game Boy Advance in 2001, I guess that would have been. Yeah. Or I think I might have gotten it in 2002 christmas that year or my birthday one of one of the two and uh yeah i, I mean i just uh i i for some reason never had mario land but pokemon uh red blue yellow e- even when it wasn't necessary to own multiple games in a pokemon generation i seem to have all of them because all my friends did uh had those uh, super mario brothers deluxe but for some reason not super mario land or Super Mario Land 2, which I've recently gone back and played for the first time. And Super Mario Land 2 is probably one of my favorite Mario games in general, not just... It's really, really good. Of handheld games. It, it's so much... I, I didn't even bother finishing the first, especially because you can't save. And I mean, it's like uh, an hour you know, maybe, long. Yeah, I, I just... I found it frustrating, and I, I wasn't that inclined to get through it all. But um, I, I think I had the Donkey Kong Country port for Game Boy Color. I had Wario Land uh, two, I want to say, either two or three, or maybe it was the original. Um, And I I don't remember, I had a couple wrestling games, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, those must be great on the the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, aside from like the obvious games, especially Pokemon, I mean, I, I probably just had third party garbage that I thought would be good at the time and didn't really have a concept of what a a lasting good game would be. Uh, so I'm sure I had a lot of shovelware garbage for it too. But I mean, really, when I think of the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, Pokemon, Donkey Kong, and uh, Wario Land are the three series that stick out. Um, Man. I don't think I ever had Tetris. I don't remember. I didn't really grow up. I never liked those types of games. I was more of a you know side-scroller yeah uh, adventure game guy or a racing game i'm a, I'm a puzzle guy. game I freak a i dumped many 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 hours into that old tetris nice i uh that that original 
that original brick model was just awful. The green screen that you can barely see and the it's like ninety nine percent plastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the body, ninety nine percent body, one percent screen. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I I told you I don't remember if I chronicled it on the show or not, but I a friend gift in exchange for a couple beers gifted me a a original Game Boy Advance model a few months ago, and I just I had forgotten how painful it was playing on a screen that wasn't backlit or frontlit or lit at all. And I, you know, I'd soon after, you know, you, I came into the, uh, you know, the SP model from you, the one that you graciously gifted to me. So I didn't have to worry about it, but I wasn't exactly rushing out to get one of those worm lights. Uh, I just didn't want to deal with it at all. I remember when the Game Boy Advance came out because that was like one of the times, because back then, like all these games were designed knowing that uh, the screen's limitations and everything. And then when the Game Boy Advance came out, it kind of really was like a portable, weaker Super Nintendo in terms of power of, of the visuals. So I remember when that came out that everybody, even though backlit screens wasn't really a thing, uh, as far as Game Boy is concerned, just because, uh, you know, the Game Gear had it, Atari Lynx had it, mm-hmm. Tobar Express had it, but nobody owned those systems. And uh, when the Game Boy Advance came out, everybody was actually just like, oh, this is like a defect. I remember people even saying that and, just, and then uh, people going, yeah, I guess Nintendo is eventually going to fix this issue. And they were really, refer- they were really referring to the SP like, oh, down, okay. the, down the road. But yeah, there was rumors that, that they were going to have another model that was just backlit, a Game Boy Advance. A Game Boy Advance that was just a backlit Game Boy Advance. I wish they did that. I wish they did that too. They really blew it with that one because... Again, as I say, like the original models and everything, yeah, like we dealt with it as a kid, but it's crazy going yeah. back, like what we dealt with because it's un- we didn't realize that it was a pain in the it's ass. It's unusable I mean, we were, now. I can't go. We back marveled at it back then. Like, yeah, I absolutely- yeah, it's unusable now. That's what we. I I certainly don't remember as a kid like angling it right, thinking, "God, I hate this piece of technology." Right. Not at all. I was so over the moon to have it, and I loved it. Like I don't remember anybody complaining about that. I mean, I'm sure it happened, but I mean, you know, I, they had they had the worm light for a reason. I definitely it was an issue. It just wasn't one that was a was a deal breaker, but it was. It, it's funny just looking back and going back to it now because it's just like, how did I use this? How? Well, see, the thing to remember is kids back then actually went outside, so they had natural light to assist. That was like the worst place to play it. Natural yeah, light sunlight. looked terrible in it. Uh, the best place to play it is I, I just remember uh, under a lamp. Or yeah, something. under a lamp, just sitting at the couch at the end, next to the end table. That's usually like the best place to play those systems. And um, I have like actually pulled my Game Boy Color out recently and just played it for like a solid like couple hours, and. I was fine with it, but like as far as, but I had to be like in my room under like direct light into it. Like any, it's really picky, the lighting. And as I said before, like those games had really basic graphics and were designed with that limitation in mind. The Game Boy Advance had great visuals and you couldn't yeah. see them that well at all. There yeah, was so much exactly. detail. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my fondest Game Boy uh, console itself, uh, handheld, was the, the Game Boy Pocket. That's the one that I really got into. I don't know why. I guess because of the Pokemon craze too. Because yeah. our family had an original Game Boy, and we just kind of had there. There was a family Game Boy, and I occasionally played it. But the one that I played the most was the I had like the clear Game Boy Pocket, 
And even with no backlight, that screen was so much better than that. I, I love I love the Game Boy Pocket, and I've been actually looking. Never had one. Yeah, I've actually been looking into eventually uh, backlighting my Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, it's a great model. I love it. Yeah, it's really compact. Uh, like you said, screen's nice. And yes, I probably I'll probably eventually um, replace the screen with a glass screen and do a backlight thing. I have that uh, Japanese exclusive pink model the Boy, one, the Game Boy Light, or no, just uh, the Game Boy Pocket. Okay. The Game Boy Pocket, yeah. That's uh, that's dynamite. Uh, the thing about Game Boy Pockets is that I didn't know they existed until I was well into adulthood. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't know how how you guys operated in your youth, but. Without the, I didn't get the internet in my house until like 1999, and I I don't know that I even started getting like Game Informer or any of those gaming magazines until the early 2000s. So my scope for gaming information and news was pretty limited. It was basically what I saw at the store and what I saw on TV. Uh, you know, as far as commercials go. That's it. So somehow the entire existence of the Game Boy Pocket just went under my radar up until probably my early 20s when I got back into gaming and started taking an interest in more of the historical side of things and right. collecting again. So I have no nostalgic memories of that because I didn't have one. I, I don't remember. I guess my friends didn't have that model either. It wasn't like a sought-after thing that my couple of c- close friends had, so I wasn't inclined to uh, get one out of jealousy or anything like that. I mean, it was it was so. essentially a very small window for the Game Boy Pocket where it was the resurgence era of the Game Boy, so people were buying it, but it was only for people who basically... There was like a small like one-year window where most people bought it where it was like, the Pokemon craze was going on, but the Game Boy Color wasn't out yet. Yeah. And that was essentially just like the year that Pokemon Red and Blue came out. If you, chances are, if you got yellow, you got a Game Boy Color. Yeah. Because, and, and I remember Pokemon Yellow was like one of the first games that was, you could play it on a regular Game Boy, but it looked so much better on a Game Boy Color. It was fully colored. It just wasn't. Um, it was compatible on Game Boy. I don't think Pokemon Yellow works on Game Boy Player, on the uh, Super Game Boy. That's how like oh, far wow. along it was. It, it works. It will work on a regular Game Boy, but it was meant to be played on a Game Boy Color. That that might have been my first Pokemon game. I just know that I owned Red and Blue too. Eventually, yeah. Um, what a so like. <sighs> Yeah, I really, I guess I had my timeline mixed up, or maybe it's just a little foggy, but uh, when Pokemon exploded, I don't remember seeing, like, a bunch of kids at school or anything with the Game Boy Pockets, but I could see the benefit. I mean, if you're trying to play that, the you know, the hottest game in the world, like the huge Pokemon craze that it was, you're not going to take that lumbering brick to, <laughs> you know, to fit in your pocket yeah, when you're in did. school. I think... I think they probably did have Pokemon or Game Boy Pockets, but you just didn't realize that it was a its own thing. Because I mean, at the time you were now probably have the pretty young, so it's just like you're just like, oh, Game Boy. Did you guys go to the uh, <laughs> Books a Million Pokemon tournaments and all that? I stuff? did for the card game. 
Okay, because well, because it didn't it didn't matter for my location anyway that um whether you brought the card game or the Game Boy game. Well, this was a card game. It was spe- all specific, and it was like a gym. Yeah. And you would go to these events and play, and after and it was they had a booklet. Yeah. And they would stamp your books, and after a point, they would give you the badge. Yeah, that's how mine worked. It, it, it didn't matter whether you were using the card game or the or the Game Boy game. You would just show them that you finished the game, a match, either way, and they would give you a, a stamp. What I remember, what I remember is that it was just for the trading card game. However, when my dad took me, I had such bad social anxiety that I opted to uh, not participate and just stand <laughs> in the corner and kind of watch the other kids as they uh, bonded over my passion at the time. Sounds but, good. As we know now, I've you know I've overcome all my social anxiety. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> am now uh, you know, Mister out Popular. drinking, talking to people I don't care about five nights a week. So, so if only I had worked up the you know the cojones to walk over to those little stinky farting kids and learn how to play the game. I never even uh, I never even really learned how to play the trading card game. I my friends weren't interested in it, really. You're just inter- so, they were just interested in collecting it, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I have, I still have my my thick ass binder of Pokemon cards, but uh, we never. You got that first we, edition Charizard, bro? It's not first edition, but I do have a uh, holographic Charizard. I actually opened up the booster pack. It was one of the first ones I ever got. And uh, from Seven Eleven, actually around the corners, very very soon after I got in the Pokemon, and I, I remember I couldn't believe my eyes looking at it. I the very first pack of Pokemon cards I ever opened was a first edition Charizard, and because it was the very first pack that I ever opened, I didn't know <laughs> what it was, or and uh, ended up getting it ripped off by my quote unquote friends hmm. who did know what wow. it was and traded me for some bullshit. And then la- I had somebody written and then laughed at me like afterwards. Fifth grade. Great. Yeah. The, I don't remember what card it was, but um, I want to say his name was Jimmy. This little shit named Jimmy in fifth grade. Uh, he somehow came, he came over like once. He wasn't like an established friend of mine or anything. <laughs> Just came over he enough came over times once. to rip you off. No, like it was literally one time he somehow finagled his way. I, I would have a friend here or a friend there, or like an acquaintance that I would try like, you know, parents would get their kids together or whatever or you might get along a little at school so you try it out and then it you know it doesn't really blossom into like a actual steady friendship this is one of those cases and i i think he he traded me something totally worthless and meaningless (laughs) for a card that was definitely worth more perceived to be worth more back then i'm sure it's not worth dog shit now and i don't remember what it was but i remember my mom marched up to the school unreal <laughs> on the school oh, no. gra- on the school grounds after school one oh, day no. and embarrassed this kid and yelled at him embarrassed the kid or you back. sounds like sh- yeah sounds like well, she- both yeah both but like back then i was such a mommy's boy and i didn't really uh fully grasp uh s- certain social elements the way i should have so how old were you wasn't as embarrassed fifth grade so you know oof nine just Old enough to be going into middle school and everyone would remember that incident. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember it being uh, dredged up later on. But I just <laughs> I just know that that kid thought he was getting away with something really wily. And uh, my Your mom son. You know, put his ass in place. Your son traded my son 
for his first edition Venusaur and only gave him a Jolteon in return. <laughs> All right, gave well, him a side duck. let's just go around the table then before we're done and uh, say what our, what's your favorite, uh, Bowman, what's your favorite Game Boy game ever? Final Fantasy Adventure. Wow. Yeah. Is this limited to the original Game Boy? Nah, just whatever. But, I mean, really, ideally, you give the original Game Boy, but if you're, if you don't got anything, then. Well, I, I figured we would touch on, you know, the Game Boy Advance a little bit more, because we went into, like, the color and whatnot. All right, tell us about the Game Boy well, Advance. Well, no, I guess, <laughs> I guess we got it. Well, we're not, we're not here to, to give you the Wikipedia rundown of each release window for the consoles, so. Never mind, carry on, carry Favorite on. Favorite Game Boy game, Cody? I, I don't know, man. Like, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, I would have said Pokemon, because that's, as we established, that's the reason most kids at the time got one if they didn't already have one. And I, I'm not, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. I'm not a child of the 80s. So a lot of those really Love early 80s. games on we're, the Game Boy barely. eluded me. We're not, we're not kids of the 80s. Sure. Either. Well, I feel like you and Pat both have. A, a much higher knowledge of 80s culture and video games and that could be retroactive but i'm sure some of that was spillover from actually having lived i was in, I, we were so poor that all my stuff was from the 80s so well and i'm one of five kids there we go i and look i had a you know i only had a limited number of friends and i you know being awkward and socially yeah and the mom uh, coming to school definitely didn't help that yeah, with all those factors and the fact that, you know, I just, I was spoon-fed basically whatever gaming they advertised on, you know, in between, sh on commercial breaks on Nickelodeon, you know, I didn't, I don't know, I just, I got, there's, there's weird omissions, that's what I'm realizing now, like when I, when I go back and collect some of these games that I never played, it's like, huh, given that these games star some of, like, the most iconic video game characters and the ones that I definitely, you know, begged my mom to, uh, to, you know, to get for me as a kid and everything. Like, I, I don't understand why I didn't have these titles like a super Mario land or, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the games for game boy that, you know, you look at lists right now. I'm just like, huh, that's strange. I didn't have this, but I had this shovelware garbage you know, like, I, I guess my point of references were just so uh, minuscule that I didn't get around to everything. Same same for, you know, actual consoles, you know, home consoles. There's a lot of games that I, for some reason, just didn't play when I was, uh, when I was a lad, so... Well, I'd I don't say know, that it's kinda... my favorite Game Boy game probably was uh, old Mega Man Wily, though, whatever the first one is. Uh, I think it's just. Called. You didn't let me say my favorite game. Oh, were you getting to a game? I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess Pokemon has to be my <laughs> default answer because it's just the one that, you know, I have the most fond memories of, and it's something I can still pick up and play. Uh, but, but aside from that, I guess. Uh, I mean, Zelda. Oh yeah. I don't know which one. It, you know. Like the original uh, Zelda for Game Boy? No. Link's, Link's Awakening? Uh, Link's Awakening. It's a good one. 
Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to that. Remake I don't know. This year. I don't know. I yeah. guess I can't. I can't really pick a favorite. Uh, it just. I'm probably clouded a little by the nostalgia. I got the goggles on, so it's not like uh, other systems where I can easily pinpoint like a top two or a top three. I don't know. I guess. I guess I wasn't a super hardcore game boy, the way you guys were. I mean, that was the original name of y'all's show. So right. <laughs> well, you were you were a step up. You were the game men. God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say I thought you vowed not to bring that up. <laughs> after today, after the top of the show. All right. Uh so yeah, I'd say my favorite game growing up was probably the Mega Man game, the first one. So you were playing nail-biting like just hardcore difficulty. Was it as hard as you didn't know? Yeah. It is as a kid you just well, didn't true. you, you just, just didn't games. know. You just yeah. played what you got. So, like uh, one of my favorite games growing up as a kid was uh, Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis. It's just, and that's just, that's what I had. And those games are well known for being some of the hardest games of that of those of that era. And as a kid, you just didn't know. You just you couldn't tell whether you sucked at it because you were a kid or uh, whether the game was just hard. Or if it was just bad design, like yeah, if it I was liked just a bad game. I played and liked a lot back then as a kid. Castlevania Adventures, which is considered one of the most worst, like yeah, uh, Castlevania games. Yeah, and I played that a whole lot in the car on the way to school. You just don't know. So, um, I mean, another game that I played a lot that's infamously hard, but it's hard because of how bad it is. Is uh, fr- Friday the Thirteenth on NES, yeah. and yeah. I play that a lot, and I, I just. Had no, you have no idea of whether you just suck at it or if the game is. You, when you're a kid, when then you're, you're that young, you just don't have the concept of like, oh, this game's poorly designed. You're just like, I guess I'm terrible. So, or you're like, I guess this game's just hard. But um, also, yeah, I remember playing Dragon's Lair 3D and thinking it was great, but I don't know if going back, I would think the same. <laughs> yeah, so like, I just played. You just played what you had. And you didn't ha- you didn't get a lot of um, you didn't get a lot of choice in the matter of what games you got. You know, you there especially when I was really young, you just kind of got like I would get like my uncle's hand me downs or whatever. Uh, I re- I got Castlevania Bloodlines just because I thought it looked cool because it was like had it was like a horror game and it was in a five dollar bin at the checkout lane at Walmart and I was just like, hey, can I get this? My mom was like five dollars, sure, whatever, and uh, yeah, and I it's just you just got whatever whatever you thought looked cool, and um, so we are kind of uh on the same wavelength and share that same history. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, I guess in my in my mind, I was thinking of that you belong to some like underground, cool gaming organization. Not at six and seven the, years old. <laughs> you had all the intel. Well, I don't know. Like, I lived a rather sheltered childhood. I I assume that there were kids that had a lot more know-how. Yeah, uh, barely. It was kids basically gaming. who had subscriptions to gaming magazines. The closest thing I would have, sure. The closest thing I had to being in the know was when we go to the uh, supermarket. My mom shopped, and I would sit in the magazine aisle and read the gaming magazines. Oh yeah. You know what I think? My uh, <laughs> the the thing that kind of tipped me off to what was out there or had just been released was blockbuster the video game section there i remember as a kid i that's uh when i would see a lot of N- nintendo especially because back when i was a kid i mean even today like ooh, the, the little 
colorful characters. That stands out to me. Smooth brain, smooth brain. Uh, uh, I would, I would see like uh, Yoshi's Cookie or like Doctor Mario or uh, Where's Mario or like those weird educational games. And I, I, you know, I hadn't seen a commercial or I didn't know my sister wasn't having those games bought for her because she was actually the one that introduced me to games because she had the original Nintendo on a Super Nintendo. So I, she was kind of, there were, were my sister's hand-me-downs essentially at an early age. But yeah, Blockbuster and video rental stores, come to think of it, are really what kind of, kind of got me in the, got me in the know in terms of a lot of releases. I don't know about you guys. Like you, you would go browse with your family and you'd see this game. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, maybe, Maybe, um, maybe I, I don't know. I'd spent more time in blockbusters than you guys, but. Absolutely. So on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you guys for listening. Always, always just brimming with, <laughs> with excitement, aren't you, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to keep it together right. over here. I want to thank you All guys right, for, for listening to the back. end. We appreciate you. We want you to subscribe. We want you to check out the podcast on our website and uh what is it bowman analogoutmedia.com thank you <laughs> he just he just gave me a look and shook his head i, I don't know <laughs> i didn't know it's if this, pod- I mean, this podcast had a special place or not no it's on analogoutmedia.com we're on itunes we're on google play we're on twitter and uh give us a review and send us an email with a topic that you want covered at analogoutpodcast.com at gmail.com. And on that note, we're going to thank Cody and Bowman for being here with me in my studio. I will say this. Uh, we, we should try to make this a, a more regular occurrence instead of just once every two or three months. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, we've definitely neglected it, myself included. I know I, I felt like I was a little rusty tonight. Uh, I didn't really have my bearings. No, it'll be fine. Uh, I just need I, to... All the cobwebs hadn't been shaken out. So, i just uh, been... But yeah, we need to do more of it. Yeah. For sure. Yep, and we will. So, on that note... We gotta provide the millions and millions of fans the content they so deserve. I mean, they're at my door right now. I had to put... I had to install barbed wire fence around my property to keep them out. Beating on the door, pressing their tits up against the glass. Right. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs>